0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Bare on Babe. My name is Amanda Cunningham, and I am the founder and host of this podcast that you are listening to today. Before we get into the episode, I have a special guest. Her name is Vicky Wen. I'll get into the uh, our interview, my interview with her, in a minute. But I just wanted to quickly talk about some of the highlights that I really wanted to pinpoint from our conversation that I I think are the entire. Those are my main takeaways. Obviously, someone you're listening it might take a different takeaway away, and different points hit you a little differently. But I wanted to hit on some of the things that I really love from our conversation that I feel like I don't want to say it's like a different approach, but maybe just like approach that is not consciously looked at. Um, and one of the things that Vicky and I talked about, because she has you, well, you're here in the interview, but she has so much different experience in her background that. I was, you know, how did, how did this all come together? And like, how are these connected? And she said that she lives a life of curiosity and that the way that she approaches life is look at things curiously with curiosity instead of with expectations. And I feel like that for me as well, like I find this difficult sometimes because we see something a lot of times and we want to be good at it. Like, Oh, I don't know. Just think of something random ice skating. Like I think people who are really good at ice skating, I think that looks cool. Like it looks really graceful and like a swan or whatever. Right. And so I'm like, okay, cool. I want to try ice skating. And you know, I'm using like you as an example, maybe you really love, you want to try ice skating. Right just trying it without expectation of being good at it or liking it or whatever, just thinking like, oh, that's cool. I'd like to try it. And you sign up for like an ice skating lesson, a couple like a class. And then you have like, I don't know, four one hour lessons over the course of a month and a half. You know? And then you realize you don't like it. Maybe you don't like the cold or like you don't like the way, I don't know, the shoe fits or like whatever it is. I don't know what it is for you. But maybe you don't like it. So it leads to absolutely nothing. Or maybe like you love it. And then you go like super all in and spend all of your time outside of like, you know, work and like family and blah, 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 all that stuff. But that's how you spend all your free time is like going to the ice skating rink and perfecting some tricks and like little flips and twirls or whatever you're perfecting. And then you get so good and enjoy it so much that there's like, I don't know. So adult competition that doesn't, I don't, I don't know what competitions there are for adults that aren't like the Olympics or like competitions for children, but like there's some adult competition and you take first place. And it's like this whole thing that you had no idea that you would have wanted to do until you tried it. Cause you just went off of an idea that you had and you're like, Oh, that's cool. Or again, it could lead absolutely nothing. And you just like, "Nah, not for me. And you could after like a month and a half, either way is totally fine. And so I guess the point that I'm saying is with Vicky, I really liked how she talked about this. It's it's kind of difficult to do because a lot of times we start something with like an expectation that we'll be great at it or like maybe we think we're going to love it and then we get into the weeds of it and you're like, actually, I don't really like this, but you've already kind of committed because you, you set yourself up for an expectation. That's kind of what happened to me with music is like I had an expectation of how I wanted things to go and how I wanted to live my life and blah, blah, blah. And then I got into the weeds of it and I was like, I actually don't really like it. But because I set expectations, I kept going and doing things that I knew I didn't actually like because I was like, maybe I'll just change my mind instead of just listening to what my body and like feelings and all that blah, blah, blah were saying to me, I was still trying to live up to an expectation that I created. And so that wasn't coming from a lens of curiosity and trying things and, you know, looking at stuff with curiosity and kind of like an experimentation. It was coming at it with an expectation that something would happen if I did this. Right. And so I really like her point of view and how we talk about that. And the other thing that I want to just quickly go into that I really liked as well is she said, you can do everything, but you can't do everything at once. And I really like that as well. And another one is I can be better at anything. I just need to choose which things. And so those are kind of tied together as well, because I want to learn Spanish. For example, I like I took intermediate Spanish up into college and then I practiced it a little bit and, you know, signed up with like a little, not a pen pal, but like a Skype friend or whatever in Spain, which was kind of awkward with the timing, but I just really loved the Spanish Spain accent because I like the little lispy thing that they do with like Barcelona. that. I really liked. I don't know why I really liked it. So, anyways, I did that for a few months afterwards, out straight out of college, and then you know life got in the way and it just wasn't a priority anymore. And because I live in America <laughs> and everyone speaks English, I don't really ever need to learn Spanish again but I still want to because I love learning languages. I like the sound of it. I would love to be able to communicate because like a large percentage of our country, I think now at this point is uh, US is, is Spanish. And I just generally like it. I like learning new languages. Like I think I'm good at accents. I don't know if it's because the music thing, you like just get cert- good at certain, like hearing certain things. So you're good at imitating accents. I don't know, regardless, I want to learn Spanish. Right. But right now I just haven't had the time and I can get better at stuff like, like download some apps and do some flashcards and blah 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 blah, but I just don't have the time for that, or at least I'm not making the time, I'm spending it on something else. And right now, I'm totally okay with that, but that is still on my list of things that I would like to do, and so I still have the books on my shelf. So I could do that and I can get better at that for sure, but it's just not a thing I'm choosing to get better at right now. One of the things I'm choosing to get better at right now is you know podcasting for example and getting better at interviewing people and then learning about investing because you know I have a full-time job now and I want to get better about investing more money with my money I already have instead of hustling to make more money on side hustles I want to figure out how to use the money that I'm already making to create more money if that makes sense the little nuance so I'm spending my time in those types of things and also my daughter started spring sports it's may right now and so i'm spending a lot of time driving her back and forth sitting at her games like doing all that stuff like i just that's how i'm getting so i'm getting quote better at being a mom i guess maybe i don't know spending time so you can't do everything but you you can do everything but you can't do everything at once so that stuff's kind of a back burner situation right now and i'm not going to feel bad about it so it's just kind of a thing that i would like to do but it's just not a priority right now as an example so Anyways, I'm going on and on, but I just really loved our conversation and I hope you do too. So without further ado, here is my conversation with Vicki Wynn. Hello and welcome to another episode of Bare Minimum Babe. I am Amanda Cunningham. I am the founder and host of Bare Minimum Babe. And today I am joined by the lovely Vicky Wynn. She is the founder of Business Wing Woman. It is an operations consultancy agency in Silicon Valley. And she's done a lot of cool different things. And I'll let her talk about that. So Vicky, welcome to Bare Minimum Babe.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Amanda. Of
0: course. Okay. Tell me a little bit about your story. You don't have to like go from birth, but I do see you've done like a million different things. And I think that's really cool because I've done the same thing. And just how did you end up where you're at now? And founding business wing woman. And you also said you're
1: an MBA candidate. So a lot going on. Yeah, I do. I like to stay pretty busy. <laughs> yeah, obviously. So, So I won't start all the way from birth, but I was raised by a research and development engineer and an oil painter. And so growing up, I was always surrounded by tech and I was always surrounded by art and creativity, whether my dad was tinkering with something or my mom was creating something. And that really led me to live a life of curiosity. And so from the get go, I started playing violin as a kid. I did youth orchestras. And later on, I grew to love dancing and I did competitive dance. Onto college, I started studying media and cultural studies because I was just fascinated by the way that people were represented in media and I wanted to understand kind of the behind the scenes of what happens when a movie or a TV show is produced. And that kind of followed me later on as I got older. I mean, now I'm doing podcasting and I think it's for that same reason, but I would say In the same nature of research and development, I just love looking at the data and coming up with plans so that the creative ideas can happen. And so that's how I came to found Business Wing Woman, where I can help founders make their visions more actionable. Ooh, okay, I love that because you
0: definitely need
1: the data to make the creative happen, because if
0: you're just doing creative stuff, then you could just be going on total tangents and not have anything to support it. So I love that you phrased it like that and married the two. Oh, yeah, definitely.
1: I mean, a lot of it is that creative visionaries can just come up with a million ideas. And those ideas are such amazing gold nuggets of thinking. But sometimes if you have so many ideas, it's kind of hard to keep track of. And so that's why it's helpful to have an operation, an operations person who can kind of catch all of those balls and juggle them in the air for you so you can keep going forward.
0: Yeah. Okay. I love that. And I also like how you said, uh, live a, you, you said that you started to live a life of curiosity and I just wrote that down. Mm-hmm. I really liked that because I think like that should just be generally how people live of just being curious about things going around and how people live their lives mm-hmm. and asking questions because it leads to like less assumptions and less judging and more learning and more creative ideas and just generally. So I like that. Is that kind of how you live your life now then and just like exploring all the things and even in your business as well?
1: Oh, most definitely. I think that's the best way to learn because I think you stop learning when you stop being curious. And I also think being curious keeps you humble because if you're coming from a place where you essentially say, you don't know anything. I mean, for me, I understand that I'm an expert at certain things, but I also know that there is someone else who is better than me out there. And so I'm going to strive to be even better than that. And so I'm constantly competing with myself in a fun way, because I think it's really fascinating to just learn more and be better. Okay. I'm just
0: going to keep writing down notes because I love (laughs) what you're saying. You said compete with yourself, but in a fun way. That's like a little, I feel like you could make that like a hashtag life quote. Um, oh yeah.
1: <laughs> I think that's the competitive side of me that comes out from when I was a competitive dancer. I wasn't big on sports at all, but there is a camaraderie that comes with being part of a dance team and you com- you're you competing with each other for certain spots in the routine, but mostly you're competing with yourself because you want to be better each time how do you help entrepreneurs, like the clients, I guess,
0: clients that come to you? Like, what do they typically come to you with? Like with problems? Like, do you kind of reach out to them and offering solutions? Like what kind of problems do they have that you solve for them? Like, how do you help them and how does that work?
1: Well, there are a variety of ways that I can help. I would say that for some, they're coming to me with a new business idea and they want to bring it to launch. So they'll come to me with a vision. We'll talk about how do we do this in six months or a year. And it could be as simple as, all right, we need to come up with um, a business model for it and a business plan. We need to find our target market. We need to figure out how to price this. We need to figure out how to get the right customers, all of that of the new business part of it, and then they're sustaining it. So I can help them with just the launch, or I can help them see it through until it's, it's a fully operating business. And typically I like to start at the launch and go through the whole, like bringing it to fruition.
0: Yeah. What do they typically struggle with the most? Cause I know you're like focusing on the operations part of it from what I've seen it's typically like the time management and kind of the priorities that's what I've seen like mm-hmm. the priorities and time management of like spending too much time on x when they should be spending time on y like a lot of times it's like colors and their branding like different fonts mm-hmm. and like other right. stuff like that which is important of course sometimes but like not all the time depending on what your product is so like what do you typically find is their like biggest quote-unquote problem
1: with I would that? say that I would say the biggest thing is figuring out how to prioritize things in a way that is easeful for them, because it's very easy for us to look at the mold of what other people do and try to replicate the same thing. But what we need to realize is that we are all very different. And so the way that I may approach working with a founder could Change depending on are they an introvert or an extrovert? Are they someone who's a morning, afternoon, or evening person? Because there are different energy levels that we hit Mm -hmm. throughout the day. And so I'll actually schedule meetings and block their time off for them according to when their brain works best for that thing. So, an example, I'm helping a founder with a lot of different creative projects. A lot of our day has like these pockets of analytic times for our brain, which is better for strategic work. And we only have one hour of a creative energy peak. And that's usually in the afternoon when most people are crashing and they're not using their time effectively. And so we actually have co-working sessions during that time for accountability. And that's when we do all of the brainstorming for her projects. And that's when we move pieces forward so that we can see that although we're focusing on maybe client services, the other projects are still moving forward. And so it's helping them maintain the existing businesses and creating their new businesses. You pinpointed it. I didn't
0: want to introduce, but I was like, preach. Cause like, as you're like (laughs) talking about how obviously people are different, different people are different and the different businesses are different. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's not typical. Like I just put an episode out the other day about, I don't know when this will air. So it might not be the other day at this point, but I put an episode up number 30 about like internet coaches and how like, this is the same kind of thing of like internet consultants, internet coaches who are like promising you get to six figures within X amount of time. Mm-hmm. And like, I have a foolproof method and like, I'll look at that. Cause it'll like, you know, like it'll, it's using like psychology techniques. So it, it works right. like for a second. I'm like, Oh, okay. And then they'll screenshot all like, you know, like the prices that they have and like, they're like, you know, people sending them money and like their clients mm-hmm. making this. And you're like, oh yeah, I guess maybe they do know what they're doing. Maybe I should work with them too. And then you start to like, I, you know, you start, I'm like, Amanda, you're in marketing. Like, you know, this is a thing. Mm-hmm. Step back. What is she do? Like, what are they doing right now? Like, why am I feeling like I need to buy their product? And then usually it's some form of like FOMO and like needing guidance and like they're preying on that type of thing. Mm-hmm. But to your point about how everyone's different, like in those situations, it's so common for like, I'm sure you've seen them all over the internet to be like I have the foolproof method for you but like mm-hmm. there's no way to your point like introvert extrovert like even like products obviously too like if it's a service mm-hmm. versus a product and if it's like a shoe versus I don't know a lamp I'm looking at stuff around my room obviously mm-hmm. they're completely different and the people selling them are completely different and even if you want to like scale the business obviously mm-hmm. the, the way you build your team would be different depending on the industry and the way that your values and stuff so I love that you specifically called that out because I don't know if it's like talked about as much as it should be. Mm -hmm. I don't want to like necessarily say holistic marketing,
1: but more well-rounded. I don't know how to like, you know what I mean? I think it becomes difficult when people try to templatize everything, right? You, you mentioned a foolproof plan or approach. And the thing is, it depends on what your definition of that is, because I might argue that yes, my method is extremely extremely customizable. But there is one underlying theme. And that theme is I make sure the founders ground themselves in their values. So that goes across. It's just everyone's values are different. And that's why the approach changes. But it's always grounded in the values. And I Have them revisit that throughout our whole time working together, because a lot of the times founders are looking for work-life balance or some people say work-life integration. And so I'll ask them, what is important to you? What are your needs and what are your wants and what do those needs and wants look like? Sometimes I might even have them write out a number of, okay, what do you need for your salary? That's what you say you need, right? And then you say that you want to have a lot of time for family. I may challenge them if they want to work even more hours. And I'll say, hey, like, how's family? Things like that. Sometimes it gets away from us because we see the business thriving and we're, we so want to chase that. But what's important to me is that we're making their visions actionable with business, of course, but also their whole life, because that's what will make their business is fulfilling. If they can be who they want to be while they run it. Yeah.
0: I like that. That's so, I love the values thing. How do you get them to, and they might know these like subconsciously or kind of like how you spend your time. Cause that's, I forget the exact phrase, but it's like, if you want to know what you value, look at how you spend your time kind of thing. So how do you get them to figure out their values and then number one how do you get them to figure out the values like consciously like Mm -hmm. what exercise and then secondly second part of that is like integrating that into their business because sometimes like you have values of like how you want to like run your business right and like maybe Mm -hmm. integrity and stuff like that but like Mm -hmm. if you're selling a certain product then maybe your values don't matter in certain contexts with you know like it maybe doesn't matter in certain situations depending on the business so maybe the division between like maybe personal values versus like I don't know, business values, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah. Well it's, what's interesting is my clientele is really focused on they're they're in the creative services industry. And so their values often do align personally and professionally. Okay. And so I think that's why it may be different for people who have product based yeah. businesses. Yeah. But when it comes down to it, a lot of these people, they they kind of already know what their values are, but they might not have the vocabulary to express it. And so that's where I come in. I will, depending on who they are, if it's someone who's a writer, I'll create free write topics for them and I'll just ask these questions for them to write about. I'll take it in in the true like R&D type of fashion. I'll figure out what those key things are. I'll distill it into some type of report and I'll sh- reflect it back to them. I'll say, Hey, this is what I'm noticing. Do these words match the values that you're talking about? And oftentimes it will be a yes. And if not, we can explore that more. And if someone's not a writer, we might just do that verbally. I might have them yeah, share how they're spending their time and then we'll start there. Yeah. Okay. I like
0: that. I like that. That's pretty simple too. Cause that's I did like a workbook last year and it was to your point of the values of like X amount of money and then like valuing family. The workbook had me go through like, what do I value? Mm
1: -hmm. And then it was
0: like values and then your goals. So they were Mm -hmm. like different. Right. And then it like the next page was like, how do your values line up with your goals? And like, do they align? And then I realized like, Mm -hmm. I don't think my goals actually align. And then it made me rethink my entire like goal system and like Mm -hmm. how I wanted to actually spend my time and it was like actually kind of mind-blowing and I was like oh wow yeah I don't think I actually care about this stuff as much as I thought I did I guess I should change my goals huh but it was like like putting it in paper that made me like oh interesting Amanda
1: it sounds like the artist's way
0: I think it was probably modeled after that. It was like this psychologist book. I did it with my friend and I was meeting with her. I've talked about this before in other episodes, but I was meeting with her uh, every Monday, my friend, and we were going through this workbook and it was like Mm -hmm. different prompts. But like the beginning of the workbook was like a yearly, like, you know, in depth, like what are your values? What are your goals this year? Like how, like that type of thing. Mm -hmm. And that's when I was like, Oh, actually I think these are different than what I thought. I think I'm a little different than what I thought. Amanda, look at this little introspection, (laughs) had myself a moment. So I love that you do that with them. Um, so with that, how do you get, I don't know if there's a balance because there's lots of talks about this. Like there's never like a balance. There's always kind of like cycles of things Mm -hmm. like harvesting, like with business, especially like there's busy seasons. And -hmm. then that's when you maybe like spend a little less time with your family and your friends and, you know, things get whatever. But then there's like the, I don't know, the equivalent harvesting season reference, but like where things are a little bit, you know, more free. And then you spend more time with your family and you go on vacations and stuff. So how Mm -hmm. do you like get them to integrate that into a system that works for them. And then same thing with you, because you said you're an MBA candidate. So like, you're crazy busy too. Like, how do you get to do that too? Like, how do does that work for you and your clients?
1: Right, so for my clients, they understand that I am someone who will get it done. And they also understand that I have other things that I'm focused on, such as school. But the thing is, I never let any of that impact the time that I give them or the quality of work. So I will always get their, their things done early or on time. And I will adjust school around because I'm luckily my program is online. So I don't have to sit in classes at certain times. So I am fairly happy with doing school on the weekends or in the evenings because that was a plan all along. And I'll also have some clients who might not need me during the day. And actually it's more helpful for them to have me help them create a deck in the evening so that by the morning they have an hour to prep before the meeting. And so that works for us. All it, all it takes is communication. Okay. Yeah. I
0: love that. And then setting the clear, I guess clear communication and the boundaries and stuff like that too. Cause I feel like that's sometimes an issue that like you're like a kind of consultant, right? So like, I feel like that's sometimes an issue consultants have and I've had that before too of like, I don't know it was exactly scope creep is the exact thing, but kind of like setting the boundaries of like, with this, you get like emails and like these are our calls outside of that, like I can't really do it, so like- cl- setting those like clear boundaries I think is really important. It seems like for your work life integration, or balance, whichever one you prefer to call it, like that seems important to you, right?
1: yeah, it is I think boundary setting is so important, and that's something that I mastered. And am continuing to master in my personal life so that when I got to the point where I started my own business, I was already very comfortable with it. Because the thing is, I actually think it could be harder to draw ba- boundaries in your personal life because you have a higher stake with those people, right? A lot yeah. of the times you're committed to them for your whole life, whether it's your parents, your <laughs> sisters, or your, your yeah. partners. And so I think when you can do that, you can do anything. And so with clients, it's, it's easier for me to do it because my, the people in my personal life are so important to me that it makes it easy for me to put those boundaries up because I don't want it to take away from my time with them. So it's just a matter of becoming self-aware enough to catch myself when I'm starting to feel a little tired or burnt out. Mm. And because my clients know how much I will give, they also know that I need to take time and They're always, they're always on board with that. That's yeah. I like that. Number one, I'm going to, again,
0: like just hit like a little quote that you said that I really liked, which was when you set clear boundaries, you can do anything. Mm -hmm. I love that. That was lovely. Do you agree with that? Is that like a good, succinct like
1: quote for you? Yeah, it is. Because the thing is you can do everything, but you can't do everything at once. So if you set boundaries, then you can splice your time for, for those things. It's just, you have to be intentional about it.
0: Yes. I'm writing that down as well. I don't, did you just come <laughs> up with that? Or is that like a, a Pinterest quote?
1: No, I I don't know. Maybe, maybe I absorbed a Pinterest quote, but I don't that know. is something that I think I thought of in this moment. I'm just going to attribute it to you at this moment. You can do everything, but you
0: can't do everything at once, period. Mic drop. Okay. I really love that because I struggle with that too. And to go back earlier to what you were talking about of like being an expert in like certain things. Right. But then Mm -hmm. knowing other people are better than you at other things because you can't be like theoretically the greatest at, you know, there's like Mm -hmm. the one person who's the greatest. So theoretically everyone under that is not as good. Right. Mm -hmm. And so that's the issue. I feel like I sometimes have where like, maybe like not imposter syndrome pops in, but it's like, I know I'm good at this one thing, but I know there's a million other people who are better at it and like Mm -hmm. not going in the comparison mode and just being like, okay, what do I bring to the table? Like, obviously I'll keep learning. It's not like you'll stop learning, right. And getting Mm -hmm. better and being curious, like you were saying, but like, okay, competing with yourself to get better in a fun way. Right. But Mm -hmm. then also realizing like, you're awesome. Like balancing Mm -hmm. those two things. Like how do you balance that
1: asking for a friend? <laughs> well, I think a good comparison would be when if you see a celebrity and they look so good. I mean, they have the money to have like the greatest stylist, probably the greatest nutritionist, and they have access to so many things. So, of course, you can't compare yourself to them apples to apples, but you're able to see see what they're wearing and say, "Ooh, I like that. How can I get a little bit of that for me?" So yeah. that's, that's an approach that I might take with someone else. And I might say, oh, I really admire the way they do that. How can I get a little bit of that for me? So I don't come from a place of having a scarcity mindset. I would say it's more of there are an abundance. There's an abundance of things that I can get better at. Ooh, which one do I want to pick and choose? It's not overwhelming for me at this point in my life. When I was younger, it might have been. But now it's just, I see so much opportunity.
0: I'm going to do another hashtag life quote for you right now that you just (laughs) said it. These are quotes for you. I'm just like hashtag life quoting you. I can get better at anything I want. I just need to pick which things I want to get better at. Okay. Just like quick pivot, just because I'm curious because you're doing so much, like what are the goals you're pursuing like right now? both and or personally or like business-wise? I know you have a lot going on, obviously.
1: Right. So my goal is to build business wing movement to be as big as it can be, as big as it wants to be. And by as big as it wants to be, it's really as big as I want it to be as I'm going along. Because I, I mean, There's the side of it where it's an operations agency, but being a business wing woman is more than the business management side. A lot of these founders are also people who are interested in thought leadership. And so I adapt. I'm adding podcast production to it because I love podcasting. I love producing podcasts. They need it. So it's kind of I want to be this grab bag of services that founders just benefit from, whether it's operationally or creatively, I would love to do that. I just want to see businesses thrive from start to finish. And so whatever that entails, I'm happy with it. And that's why I'm pursuing my MBA in entrepreneurship and new venture creation, because I want to have more skills and more vocabulary and more exposure to what it takes to create a new venture.
0: I hear your puppy in the background. Yeah. (laughs) That's okay. We can edit out or we don't have to. I don't care either way. (laughs) We'll see how it goes. Um, Okay. Yeah. I like that. So out of curiosity, is there like a certain industry or like, I don't know, topic products? I know you said creative base, but like, is there a specific like industry, like within subsector, I guess, of that, that you typically focus
1: on? Well, I typically focus on creative agencies. So I, my favorite would be for brand and naming agencies and business coaches. And so those are, honestly, that's my bread and butter. And I think that's just because it's where I grew professionally the most. And so I have a soft spot in my heart for it. And so I love that, but I'm definitely open to other areas of business too. It's just right now, this is what I'm enjoying. And so I love exploring yeah, yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just, I was just curious. Cause like,
0: that's kind of the thing with like creating your own business is like, do I want to help everybody or like a certain kind of people? And like, obviously you can like it's your business. You can kind of maneuver around, but mm-hmm. it's just like, you typically have like a certain thing that you're like really into for like probably personal reasons or something. So I'm just like, mm-hmm. yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. And again, out of curiosity, like how do you, how do they find you? How do your clients find you? And like, I'm curious about your marketing tactics. Cause obviously you do marketing. So I'm always curious how other marketing people find their own marketing people. Like, is it, I don't know, socials, SEO stuff? Like how do mm-hmm. you find them? How do they find you?
1: I mean, a lot of the time it's word of mouth. So people will refer me to someone else in their network. And I've been really lucky to have that work out for me really well. And of course, I am also testing out other things with marketing too, but those are a little bit in the earlier stages. So I would say word of mouth right now. And I'm going to repeat that so that you can edit that out. (laughs) It's totally okay. (laughs)
0: it's honestly, it's totally okay. Um, okay. yeah, I, I don't, I don't honestly mind it. Cause as a side note, I'm like, I don't know how much of this I'm going to like keep, but I'm like, as a side note, I try to do as minimal editing as possible with my podcast. Cause the whole point is, is like minimum, babe, like okay, it doesn't really, but so I'm like, you, we, I can, I'm just going to, I may or may not leave this in, but like the whole point of my podcast and my whole thing is like do I want to spend like five hours editing out dog barking or making you repeat things? Is that the best use of my time (laughs) or will people just understand that like there's a dog in the background and it might bark because there's a squirrel on the tree for like five seconds. Mm -hmm. Like,
1: Like, I don't know, it doesn't totally just agreed
0: with you. They totally agreed, Right. So I'm like, I don't, it doesn't bother me when I hear it, unless it's like a repeated, like they just have bad audio quality and you're like, oh, that's just another thing on top of it. But if it's just like for five seconds, you're like, oh, they're obviously in their home recording something for their business. I'm not going to like knock them a few points because they're doing their, you know, living their life while they're doing their business. So it doesn't bother me. So I think it's okay that was a total side note and like my little rant on like how I'm like, I don't want to edit things too much. Cause I don't, it, I don't honestly mind it too much. Um, pivot from the dog barking situation. I feel like so many people are afraid to start something because it, you know, when you start a business, the chances of it succeeding, like I forget the exact rates or whatever. And I, I say succeed, I guess in quotes, but like people are so afraid to start something new because starting a business is obviously something new for them. Right. So Or like, what if they change their minds too? That's another big one that I like. I know sometimes like I even was going back and forth with my offers of like, well, what if I changed my mind and I pitched all this stuff? And then for months I was pitching this and then I was like, JK, I don't want to do that anymore. Oh no. And then you just don't start something, period. So have you felt like that or like helped your clients feel like that? I know at that point they're probably like already launching something like that, but I, are there any thoughts of that in like with you or anything like that? And how do you work through those types of things? A fear of basically just kind of failing.
1: Mm -hmm. Well, I would say that I've definitely helped my clients with that a lot. I am not afraid of failing because usually it leads to something else. And I think that's okay. I'm also someone who feels like, It's okay if you change your mind as you go. And so I really, because I feel so confident in that, I think that's why I have, I'm able to ground my clients in that as well. Because if they're feeling unsure about a direction they're doing, they have a little bit of analysis paralysis. I'm just there kind of grounding them, letting them know, hey, it's okay. It's not a big deal. We could try this. If it doesn't work, we'll just try something else. It brings us closer to what it's meant to be, as long as we're on the path. Okay. I like that. I have
0: that written down because I'm like, I know that I, because I feel like everyone has that, like when they first start, just because they don't, uh, they're not 100% sure unless they have like the singular product and they're like, this will solve cancer, mm-hmm. you know? Like, otherwise, it's like, I don't know which lip gloss formula is best. Does it have like vanilla in it? Does it have right. like, I don't I'm just making stuff up, but like, you don't know.
1: Yeah. I think it comes from acceptance that things are ever evolving, anyways. And so I'm not attached to my services, having to look a certain way and be priced a certain way, because I know I'll adapt and I know I'll be okay.
0: Yeah, I like that as a side note, because I've I've started a full time job recently. It's like a bigger company and Mm -hmm. I worked in mostly like bigger companies and I had like a startup The thing that's, like, the biggest difference, like, that I can tell, especially because I'm working in marketing, so I have to, like, implement certain changes, right, and, like, Mm -hmm. give ideas and blah, blah, blah. To your point with, like, the not being afraid to, like, try different things and, like, change things, like, the biggest issue in bigger companies, which is good for, like, you know this podcast and like what we're talking about with like small business owners and like being okay to like learn from things. I feel like the biggest thing with like big companies is that they're so afraid and they have history of things that have worked and then they keep going with that because obviously it worked. And so Mm -hmm. they just try to scale what worked. And so then they're less open to trying new things. I'm sure you've, there's all in the news of like those types of Mm -hmm. things where like therefore startups and founders and things like that have an advantage over big competition And I just wanted to bring that up because you reminded me of it because this is something I remind myself of too in the sense of like, it's easy to compare yourself to people who are like further along than you and like bigger businesses and stuff like that because obviously they're Mm -hmm. further along, but then you look at it and you're like, oh, they've been doing this for 15 years and oh, they have this history, but Mm -hmm. therefore they have like a reputation. They have like a certain history. They have certain things and you don't have that. And it's a disadvantage Mm -hmm. for sure in a certain ways, but it's also a big advantage because it means you can try things more easily and like change your prices and like, no one's going to care. Like you like can try things out and see what Mm -hmm. works for you. And I didn't have a point to that. I just liked, you just reminded me that. And like, now that I'm like back in a, you know, a full-time job and it's like a bigger ish company, I was like, Oh yeah, I forgot how much slower things tend to move because there's different levels of approval and like, Mm -hmm. you can't be creative just for creative sake. Sometimes you have to have like, not saying you can't, you shouldn't have data backed it, but you have to have a lot more like, mm-hmm. there, are more, there are more people involved in yes. the decision making process. Yes. And that was you just you just reminded me of that. And I was like, that's a pro that I feel like a lot of times isn't considered when you're first starting out to like, you know, the people that you work with and like them mm-hmm. just starting things off the ground like that's I assume like one of the fears or fears, I don't know, concerns of them is like, comp- quote unquote, competing against maybe bigger players. Mm hmm. I don't know. So
1: yeah, that's true. And I think when it comes to the creative services industry, I I think of it as sure you're in competition with each other in a way, but it's kind of just like we're we're also our customers may be different. Right. Like the person that a corporation is selling to may not be the same person that a startup is selling to. So just because we offer the same services or products, it doesn't mean we're directly in competition in that way. And so I think for me, I'm able to kind of remove myself from that. And also I don't take things personally from like a business standpoint where it's like, oh no, like I can't compete with them. It's more so I like what they're doing. What can I learn from that? Okay, cool, I'm gonna go over here now. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I like
0: that. Cause not to harp on it too much, but I'm like with some, I, again, I did another episode. Cause I feel like I talked about the same things, cause like the same things go through my mind. And I have like <laughs> the same conversations with people. Cause it's like so easy to talk about these things, I guess, with other business owners and like your thoughts go through this. But like how you're, like how we're talking about, like when you look to other people for inspiration, I feel like it's so easy sometimes to sometimes just like try to emulate what they're doing. Basically, mm-hmm. like, oh, like, not the foolproof system, not that they're saying that, but like, oh, I see this reel is working or, oh, I see this is working for them and this lighting and this angle and this, like they're doing dance moves or like whatever it is. And this offer, like, it's so easy to just try to wear it like as a jacket on yourself Mm -hmm, and like quickly, I feel like most of the time, like realize that's not for you, but then feel bad that it doesn't work for you. Not taking consideration that they're completely obviously different people, Mm -hmm. probably doing something different, even if it's like the same industry sector or whatever, it's still a different person, different business. Like, I don't know. I feel like it's so easy. It's such a slippery slope. So I like your perspective on it, but like keeping Mm -hmm. that healthy distance slash balance is
1: important because even though the thing is it could also look like it's working for them, but behind the scenes it might not be. And so that's something that you have to keep in mind too. Everyone has their best foot, Forward most of the time, even when they try to be quote unquote vulnerable, I think from a, a marketing, yeah, like, you know, from a marketing standpoint, like yeah. there, there are a lot of things to consider. And so I look at things with curiosity because it may be working, but it also may not Ooh, be. I and so that's, that's it. why if I want to test something out for myself, I don't have expectations that it will work just because it seems like it's working for someone else i'm going purely at it to see if it'll work for me
0: okay number 1 spit the fire <laughs> I love that because I think that sometimes too, where you're like, because they'll go after vanity type metrics and then you'll get caught up into it too. And you're like, wait, mm-hmm. is this working? Is this working for them? What does their working for them metric mean? Like, because that could be different for different people. Like, they're measuring mm-hmm. different things. And so, like, these I'm just giving these examples, of like the dancing videos of like whatever. Like, mm-hmm. they might look like they're working for them, but like, what does that look like? What is that metric they're measuring that against versus mm-hmm. like what you're looking for? So, okay, okay. I like that. That's just uh, let me write that down. And I also like that you said like, you don't have expectations when you try new things. Cause this is something I kind of talk about too. And I'm trying to like, make sure I'm doing in my life and not be like the not practicing when I preach situation, but like, mm-hmm. it's okay to try things just to try things and not have any expectations. Like I've been posting like Instagram reels because I want to be helpful And I Mm -hmm. want things to be presented in a certain way to highlight like who I am and like what my stuff, like my business and stuff is. And I don't, I say that where I'm like, I don't care how many views this gets. And I don't Mm -hmm. care because in theory, I'm like, I don't want to care because I want to just help. And I Mm -hmm. want to just provide certain information. But then once you throw it up there, you're like, it only got, you know, it's Mm -hmm, like hard mm -hmm. to like, be like, to keep that in check. Like, it's okay. Two people followed you and they messaged you and they liked you. Therefore it's okay that it only got like 50 views, Amanda. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I just really like that. How about you don't have maybe not no expectations, but like, you're just trying things on, you know? Yeah,
1: I, I am. It's, I mean, it's my approach in life where yeah. if it works out, that's awesome. Like I, it's not like my expectation is let's just see where this goes. That's, that's really it. And so if something positive comes out from it, then I'm thrilled. And if something negative comes out from it, then I just tell myself, yeah, I knew that could have happened.
0: I guess it's just being realistic basically of like, this could be really cool, but it could also not be cool. But Mm -hmm. I don't know that until I try. And that's like the whole point. Like you don't know unless you try it. So you got to make sure you try it. If you think you'll maybe like it, maybe will work out, maybe help your business. You got to at least try it. Exactly. Yeah. I like that. So because you're like the operations marketing side, I'm curious what you love about marketing and kind of like the things you necessarily don't love about the marketing business aspects. Ooh, you're asking for some hot takes right now. I love the hot takes. You were out here preaching about the, how things might not be working. I'm like, okay, go for it. Give me the hot takes.
1: Well, I love when a brand or like a marketing story feels authentic. I like it when you feel it in the in the product, in their messaging, and just every way that they deliver that product or service. I love when it tells a real story. So like a brand like Nike, the name by itself, you wouldn't you wouldn't know what it means, but they tell a whole story and it becomes a it it plays a role in our culture. And so I love that marketing has the power to do that because without marketing, a product is just a product. No one will know what makes it special or different. So that's what I love about marketing. In terms of what I don't love about marketing, I I guess what I don't love is when people aren't innovating when they're just trying to do the same thing and sometimes I'll see the same templatized Instagram (laughs) ads from people and it's I mean like files yeah sure and the thing is I totally understand where they're coming from it's you you've seen it work so you want to do it but I think I'm more excited when I see that people are playing around with it and just having fun with it instead of trying so hard to curate something. And I think the really skilled people make it look like it's not curated when it is.
0: What have you recently cut out of your life or business combo that you wish you had done sooner and what made you wait so long?
1: Oh man, the first thing that I thought of was caffeine. Really? (laughs) Yeah, so... I I really love coffee. Like I'm someone who enjoys grinding the beans, making it like making a nice pour over and having that and I've loved coffee so much for so long, but I cut it out starting in January. Not because it was New Year's, but I just happened to do it in January and I feel good. Like I don't have a reliance on it and every now and then maybe like once a month or less if I have it 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 feels like a real treat and so I I do wish that I had this relationship with it before because it was a reliance on caffeine and a ritual but now my ritual is different my ritual is getting up in the morning having some green juice what's up with that and then just hanging hanging out with my dogs um for half an hour and then starting my day rather than just drinking the coffee and not wanting to do anything until I finished it, which is fine too, but I like what I'm doing now better. Okay. Yeah. Just finding a
0: routine that works for you. And then maybe not waiting for the drugs to kick in before you start like (laughs) exactly going for it. Okay. Okay. I like that. Okay. And I lied. I want to ask another question. Mm -hmm. If you could go back to your younger self or younger business self, whatever, what would you tell yourself? And this might be what you tell your clients too.
1: Mm -hmm. I would probably tell myself that everything will work out as long as you continue to be better. Because when I was navigating my career in, at the very beginning, I didn't know what I wanted to do. And so I was searching for what that was And that was the right thing for me to do at that time. But I was freaking out the whole time because I wasn't sure if it was going to work out. So if I had known what I know today, I would have just continued to improve on myself, which I did, and then just had faith in myself that it'll work out because I have faith in myself to get through it.
0: Okay. I like that because I feel like that's a real thing. Like even as like a business owner too, you're like, like what we're talking about, like you're freaking out about trying to make something I always, I always, I'm such a millennial where I'll like reference, make fetch a thing. I always reference Mean Girls. Like <laughs> I, love that. I always say that. I always say that. I'm like, stop trying to make fetch a thing. Like we're always trying to make fetch a thing instead of just like letting it play out. Cause like mm-hmm. it'll work out for you. Like it'll regardless work out either way, one way or the other.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Right. So I really love that. Okay. Last question is. How do you embody the bare minimum babe mindset in your business, personal life, relationship, whatever it is of honing down to the basics to get started and forward movement so you can grow and keep going? Like keeping it Mm -hmm. simple.
1: I love that. So I, I would say I embody that by not by being very intentional about where my focus goes. So I think of the bare minimum basics as what do I need to take care of my needs and cover some of my wants. And then once I know what that is, I just hone in on that. And then I don't let myself get distracted with all the other stuff. And so I would say that's how I have a bare minimum babe approach to it.
0: Hey, Okay. Thank you for being on bare minimum babe. Where can people
1: find you? They can find me at businesswingwoman.co and they can listen to my new podcast in June called the business wing woman podcast, which you can also find on my site. Yeah. All right. Go check it out. It's going to be
0: amazing. I'm also a guest on one of the episodes. So, I mean, I'm a little subjective, but I think it's going to be great. And she's awesome. Obviously, Vicky's great. All right. Thank you, Vicky, for hanging out with me. Yeah,
1: of course. Thanks for having me.
0: Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Bare Minimum, babe. If you enjoyed this episode and you had like an aha moment or you really loved something that me or maybe Vicky said, because Vicky had a lot more insights, I feel like in this episode, she was lovely. So if you had any of those things, I would really appreciate a five-star review a share with your friend. I know Vicky would as well, because like we talked about in the episode, she has her own podcast coming out. Um, I don't know if it'll be out by the time we put this out, but anyways, it's the Business Wing Woman podcast and I it'll be great. I was a guest as well. So I'm a little biased on that, but I, like I said, if you loved it, hit that five-star review, share it with a friend. I'd really appreciate it. And hopefully you got some takeaways out of this. Like I said in the, you know, the intro that one of my main takeaways was ex- approaching life as a curious experiment instead of coming away with, instead of Trying to have expectations on yourself or the way things will turn out and blah, 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 blah. And obviously, you can have goals and work towards those goals, which I guess is kind of an expectation, but maybe you're not dead set on it too, because that's the, sometimes what I find with goals is the issue is goals change, you know, unless there's like certain things that like are pretty set in stone with goals in the sense of like make like a business making like X revenue or something like that. Like, yeah, definitely work towards those. But if you don't hit them, it's obviously, it's, it, It could be a failure in the sense of like, maybe you didn't work hard enough, but maybe it just wasn't the right goal. And so that's why it, quote, failed. But because you came away with an expectation, you're now viewing it as a failure because you had an expectation that it was going to work because there was no reason why it should not work. But maybe there was reasons why it didn't work that you didn't foresee or things changed or like maybe it wasn't the right system or like it wasn't the right goal or wasn't the right time or literally any number of things, you know. And so I just want to keep that in mind because I find that's an issue a lot of times for me when I set goals. That's why I'm like kind of lackadaisical about my personal goals the last year setting it for 2023 is because I realized my goal setting was a little too moon shooty and way out there and it wasn't taking into account my personal life and things that can pop up and all those stuff. It was literally just best case scenarios in every goal that I previously made. It was always best case scenarios, which is kind of stupid because things are never best case scenario. You know, like you still have to take like, I don't know, like your dog for a walk and you have to go to the dentist appointments and like you have to, you know, like there's things that you have to account for. Like, you have a quote eight hour work day, but like out of those eight hours, you're not like your butt's not glued to your desk. And like, you know, like you're not straight working eight hours. So instead of planning for those eight hours or whatever it is for you plan for like, I don't know, six of them figure like you're going to have time in between tasks to, you know, mentally get back on task, um, bathroom breaks, making your lunch, other random things, Maybe if you want to take like a 20 minute walk, like, so an eight hour work day might actually be closer to like six, six and a half or, you know, whatever that is for you. So being realistic about what you're capable of doing and not expecting an outcome or like having an expectation of how it will turn out, just working towards something and say, this is what I got done. I feel good about it. This is the best I could do right now, blah, blah, blah. Right. So anyways, I really love this episode and I hope you did too. Um, like I said, please share it with a friend if you enjoyed it as well and hit that five star review. It means so much to me and Vicky. And I think that's it. I will be in your ears next week for another episode of Bear Minimum Babe. Thank you for listening.